0: get back into it uh we know bouncing was a big part of your life um how did you get into it um i got into bouncing and bodyguard bodyguarding through one of my black belts george gonzalez this was about 1979 is when i had my first bouncing gig it kind of gelled together the bodyguarding and the bouncing Um, And I started working. My first gig was at a club called Disco Inferno on 35th Street. And I believe it was Sixth Avenue. And um, I remember people used to always ask me where I work out at and things like that. And then I would have guys ask me, did I do personal bodyguarding and things of that nature? And it just took off from there. I would say around about 1979, and then from there, I just kept doing it. What were some of the clubs that you bounced at? Oh, uh, Studio 54, Bond International, the Palladium, uh, First Class. Um, I can go on and on. Vertical Club Vertical. Um, I I can go on and on. I can't remember, but it was it, it was. I can't even remember, but it was close to 100 or more clubs. Easy. What was your favorite one to work at? Well, what was the best club? Hands down, Bonds Bonds International Disco. Back in 1981 is when I started working there. A matter of fact, I started and hired Timok at Bonds International. He was working. We worked together as bond, um, body, um, bouncers at the club. And uh, that's how I met him. For real wild. He was only about seventeen years old at the time, and I'm talking about Timok from the Last Dragon. And um, that was the best club. Made a lot of money. Met a met a lot of people. Um, not always fun being a bouncer um, during that time. It was a lot of violence, but um, that was probably hands down the most memorable club for me any memorable experiences working at that time oh yeah uh plenty there's too many that stick out but i remember one remember one time standing in the front of the club and this guy was harassing the people on line and um it was myself Timox, a gentleman by the name of rudy gonzalez and Timox's brother michon we were working at the front door and the guy kept harassing people come to find out the guy was a pro boxer. He had just got a little tipsy and his manager was with him, but he couldn't control him. And he kept asking us to, you know, just let him be because he was a pro fight. He was fighting the following week and just let him be, but he was harassing the people so bad. We had to do our job. Um, and he kind of came at me and, uh, in a threatening manner, and he started cursing at me, so I asked him to leave the front of the club, and he wouldn't. So uh, he challenged me, and I stepped uh, outside the rope, and uh, it was uh, lights out for him. Was he undefeated at that time? He was undefeated. He was undefeated. He was 15-0. and 0. Uh, Can't mention his name, but he was undefeated. He was fighting the following week at a place called a Felt Forum, which was a smaller part of uh, Madison Square Garden and uh, yeah he got um, he got what he was looking for that night wasn't a pleasant thing for him he wasn't undefeated after that <laughs> <laughs> no, <he wasn't. laughs> All right. Um, who is the easiest person to work with as a bodyguard and hardest person to work with the easiest person I have to say was Tupac um surprisingly he was a really really nice um gentleman the toughest and most difficult guy to work with and it wasn't because of him it was more because of his entourage that would be dmx um we actually myself my nephew robert lee lewis another friend of mine tony harris and another guy named Bo, i took them out there to uh, work in washington dc to uh bodyguard him on his national tour and i walked out on him because uh i just couldn't take the rowdiness of of his his uh guys that was all around him hangers on that's what they call those guys the guys that just like to be in the background and act like they're tough and i couldn't take it so i walked out on him and he just wouldn't listen to my advice so i i didn't last with him Were there any issues with you receiving money or any of the bodyguards there present receiving money? The night of the concert, yeah, yeah. Um, The promoter actually cut out with the money. And I happened to be the only one that had his own personal number. And um, when he tried to leave with the money, I knew where he was. And I called him and told him I knew where he was. And he told me to meet him. (laughs) And I went to meet him to get our money. And when we he came down to the parking lot and the elevator doors opened, he walked out. Uh, unknowing to him, there was two elevators. And I was followed by the other security. And um, we got in the car and left. And uh, all I remember is uh, looking over my shoulder. And they had him surrounded with a bag full of money in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to him though. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to Tupac. How was Tupac? Good guy. Tupac was a really nice guy. I, I did some work with him in Queens, um, at a place called Travalga square. And we, we had a big crew that, uh, th- those couple of nights that we worked with him. And, um, I, I got a chance to be around him, talk with him, laugh, joke with him, and he was a really nice guy. And matter of fact, I was one of the last guys to talk to Tupac about two weeks before he died. That had a a really good conversation with him, where he came to visit me at a club, and um, he wanted me to work for him that night, but I couldn't because I was the head of security at this club on Seventy um, Eighth Street and Amsterdam Avenue. Uh on the West Side in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and he wanted me to work with him, but I had heard that he was having a so-called riff with the uh, the West Side. What do you call it? The West Coast guys. Right. And I don't know much about rap. You know, I'm a little older than those gentlemen, and um, I tried to tell him. You know, he was making too much money to have any kind of problem with a rivalry uh, rap group, and he was receptive to my words, and uh, he. Grabbed me and he hugged me. At the time they used to call me Apollo. And uh he called me Uncle Apollo or Papa Apollo. And uh he said, Don't worry, Papa Apollo, I'm gonna be careful, I'm gonna take your word of advice, and I appreciate you and I love you. And then two weeks later he was murdered. Wow. Yeah. So yes, yeah. Good, good kid though. He was a good kid. May hey, you rest in peace. Yes, sir. Um, so on that note, let's cut commercial. We're going to come right back. In the-, the Deadly Art of Survival magazine is a number one bestseller and new release on Amazon right now. Go grab it. Make sure you get a copy for yourself, for your family. Currently available right now on Amazon or on our website at com.